big hello and welcome to Off The Square in Manchester for the brand new look Mancunia TV. I'm Dave Sweetmore and once a month we are going to be bringing you some of the best music and arts live from Off The Square in Manchester. You're going to be watching it a little bit day after filming, but if you want to be in the crowd for any of these amazing shows that we are going to be bringing to you, I'll be telling you a little bit later on how you can do that. But for our first night of filming, we have got pretty much the best Manchester crowd in town tonight. And as well as that, we have got some brilliant, brilliant guests as well. Let me tell you quickly who is going to be joining us on our first ever Mancunia TV from here at Off The Square in Manchester. Check this out, we've got live music from M60. We've got live music from Lucigenic. We're going to be talking to everyone's favourite Mancunian DJ, presenter, musician, Clint Boone. We're going to be talking to one of our favourite artists from the city, Justin Eagleton. We've got the one and only, everybody's favourite Manchester lady. She's been there, done it, and we try and get as many stories out of her as we possibly can. The one and only, Debbie Ellis. And what about the man who's drummed for everybody? If that isn't enough, he's going to be joining us as well. The one and only, Cy Wilsoncroft. And we can't give you enough. We've got to finish this in about an hour. The one and only MC Tunes is going to be doing a little feature for us. First of all, we're going to walk up to the stage because you may remember, you'll remember all of us from when we did MMTV. This is the new look MMT. This is Mancunia TV. We're going to be here off the square in Manchester doing this show all of the time. We're going to be bringing you a couple of new features as well. The first thing we're going to be doing is a little bit of a poetry corner. And there's only one man around that could possibly host that event. And that is the one only... Leon the Pig Farmer, how you Hello. doing mate? How yes, you man. Yeah, good to see you, alright. I'm alright, how are you? How's things, yeah? Busy. You were like really busy, you were making a really good name around the city centre and stuff like that. And all of a sudden the pandemic came and hit in. How did you find it during the pandemic? Did you change your ways of writing much or...? I wrote loads. I did music with a wife as The Dirt, there's the first plug. And then I wrote a book, the second plug. Uh, and just kept on going and I was itching because I just kind of got the momentum going and it was going really well. Uh, and it was just waiting for him to set the blocks off for Boris and then just get going. Do you find that you're writing a lot more real life stuff about what was going on during the pandemic than perhaps you were before? Yeah, um, a lot of my early stuff was around my mental health, post breakdown. Uh, and that kind of got all the negativity out and then I just turned the telly on and it was full of negativity so I wrote about that shit. You are going to be joining us for every single episode of Mancunia TV. Tell us exactly what you're going to be doing on the show. Well, I'm going to bring a guest along every month, um, personally selected and put in front of the um, well-curated staff here. Uh, we're going to bring lads, lasses, punks, trans, everybody that's got something to say. And they'll be doing a little set, uh, one a month. I've got everyone lined up for the rest of the year. Everyone's chomping at the bit. All poets. All poets, spoken worders, beat speakers, the lot, yeah. Rappers, MCs. So it's only right for our first Mancunia TV episode one. You're going to do a little bit for us, yeah? Yeah, I'm going to be my first guest. OK, Manchester crowd, let's hear it. Mancunia TV, the one and only Leon the Pig Farmer. Reality normality will not be televised. Camp fear will clash with algorithm anarchists. I'm living in a boombox of bureaucracy. I'm staring at a scrapbook of unicorns and mirrors. 
The soulless will slur with a curse, crown jewels to the favoured fools. Kinetic energy will ignite the cast of creatives. I am propelled into an odyssey of mischief. The newspapers stoke and poke the fire. Adrenaline-fueled assaults will wave to ambient light. Dry your eyes on sandpaper and a drop frozen shoulder. Smell the whiskey and taste the daffodils. Intelligence suppression, dictated ideology. A two-page ad lib manifesto. A demolition derby of social structures. Rewired principles force-fed by disciples. They have burnt the lexicon of the libertarians. A political apothecary of concocted aggression measures. Visionaries are concealed in cargo containers, but hope will shine bright in the dark. And I will not subscribe to their fake placated policies. Any interest and enthusiasm has lapsed and expired. Embryonic spirits are groomed by corporate criminals, but I will not bark at Bedlam's door. Because they mould it bold and it's cheaply sold. A propaganda painting at a pole station. The Petri dish is a gutter of an alien nation. And I will gate crash a trash party scene. So let's kick up leaves in this Indian summer. Let's kick up leaves in an Indian summer. Time to choke and strangle the oppressor. Under a blood red sky, it's time for a successor. Because they buried their believers with their melted souls. Dystopian highways are paved in fool's gold. The sellotapes on eyes and the hooks in skin. Abrasions on knees and blood clotted grin. The fragrant opinions and cremated truth. Boris has reached the ceiling of his leaky roof. With capitalist coyotes that hunt in packs and the VIP vultures that pick up their table scraps. Because they offered false hope with blood-filled decanters. Selling poisoned apples they want to dismantle. Digging cesspits with pins and needles. And hoping that the wise man drops some real gold for freedom. As equations are created to confuse the weak and the Mask is to hide the raven's beak, alarm bells shriek and death bells toll and they huddle and they oh and they cuddle Hancock to keep us in the cold. And they market the mayhem to flog it in hordes and they rip the script of our satirical whores. And as they pull themselves into cheers, I will tell you something else, we will not give you cheer. And you market that mayhem to flog it in hordes. And you paint the picture on advert boards as you wash away your acidic tears and you rip the scripts of our satirical cheers. And your costume is not created to deflect the failures. You are not the angel who came to save us. The second-hand theories of first-degree crimes, this Tory bullshit will implode in time. Thank you. That's the political one. I'll give you the mental health that I'm fucking nuts one now. This is about having a scrap with a fucking devil and having a chimp in your head telling you to do naughty shit. There's a lot of that crap going on in here. There's the geezer with a long leather coat, red paisley bandana that covers his throat. A tilted trilby, eye so vicious, oh he lurks in the corners of my subconscious. He's a waiter to the world of my emotional dysfunction. He serves ready meals to my personal destruction. I accept his twisted malevolent suggestion and I dine on guilt or on a bottle of correction. But when did I let him decide and wait for the bill to restore my pride? The menu reads like an old damaged story with every attempt to remove life's glory. Well, this is twilight crazy town. Why should I pay with my voice and sound? I dig deep and I delve for me nine out of ten. Three course thoughts to feelings and to actions and I will win and I stop. And I reflect, I don't collaborate or even reject. I am intrusive, I ask my thoughts why and I do not contemplate or listen to lies. Do they serve you? Do they get in the way? Do they deserve you? Can those thoughts stay? Never be ashamed of what you've done. Be punching proud of what you've become. I confronted stories of a tiger and hunter, of milk and honey, and they made me wonder. A pauper farmer and a broken son. Them of wild horses, what the army has done. I will fold paper into fighter planes, because these are flying fucks to help not blame. I won't let the cash cow grind me down. I'm going to take back my orb and the thornless crown. I'll pour water on your flames of suppression. 
I'll pour petrol on hopes so we burn with passion. I will restore cracks with glistening gold. We are unique histories and a story be told. Cause the reaper sits with a rusty blade. He's frowning, he's cowering, our futures are made. So here is a message that I give to you. In Japanese, cause I'm gonna show off here. Saromo kikara achiru. Cause even a monkey falls from a tree. The monkey will fall from a tree, mine did, but it's how you pick yourself up and believe. Cause I took on the fucking devil. Because my heart is now presented without a black and tortured soul. And I'm instructing Lucifer, go and fuck off home. I'll unhinge, remove myself from the ebony cross. I'll extract those nails one by one and hold my hands aloft. So come on then, Diablo, let your dog off the leash. I'll stare into its gaping jaws and break its fucking teeth. The black sheep fingers are burned, still placed on a trigger. He's a darkened silhouette. Boom, boom, I'm a lonely standing figure. So come on then, old Nick, I ain't afraid of this. I'm going to grip you, choke you, silence your sneakers. I will escort you from the party and vanquish you because this is my life. Oh, and you think you can extinguish your candle in the night I don't think so dark and prince I'm the fierce dog now because I am a battler and I'm a fighter and I told you I'm a fierce dog now and I will fulk you to the lighter and here we go now Baphomet you've played your final ace I'm healing you're deceiving mate I'll spit in your fucking face thank you <laughs> how we doing I'm gonna do uh, I've done one about how I'm batty I am I've done one about politics. I'll give you one about social commentary, about how great Manchester is, and a few people I've met, so yeah. This one's about riding a tram and a bus through town. I'm sat where crack and smack once ruled, and other licit activities ensued. There's a derelict warehouse, forgotten industry. I'm now met with corporate chattery. There are vans on show, still not them of dibble. They're canvas and they're coated in pale ale dribble. There's Instagrammers after Instagrams and twattering twits, increasing fake fam. Vapors, fakers, turnips to knees. Those one stroke from turning Japanese. There are beards and sleeves with cider and gin, and those on craft ale till a new trend kicks in. Oh, why is it called the cutting room square? Any association to crap peaky blind? Hair, your bag and bag of dip, you're blind of it, substandard. Mate, if this was a night, you still wouldn't have fucking landed. I'm informed it's a centrepiece, a new public realm. This is not the Game of Thrones, there's no dragon at the helm. The copper green sentinels depict history, more like a raising Manchester's empire, replacing it with commercial greed. Because here come the Hitlers invading from bars, they're trying to monopolise with tables and chairs, and they are the clever with booze from their stores, and it's a public place, you muppet, and they know the score. It's a fine line ensuing from what I see. Vying for fake profiles or a real ID. There are inflated egos, those with low self-esteem. This is the new ankles of living sales pitch. It's apparently it's the Islington of dreams. But I tell you one, you can run, you can't hide. Here comes last man standing, selling swag and some snide. And he owns after cadge to cadge a bus or a brew. But you think it's for digging, you say, wait to make him move. The scenes is an internet pleasers, this ain't about them. It's of ever-expanding, gentrified power dens. Cause where once was identity and a city's art be, it's now replaced with aesthetics, conformity and sheep. So I bought the tram. This is a tram, true story. Shit, the bed, what was that? Have you never heard of a Diplodocus? I only boarded the pink line to get to town the closest. Call the cops, I'm off me chops, came from a mobile device. And his mate was banned from Facebook for posting pictures of an airy ass. Discussions about Chewbacca. Is it a dick or a dog's red rocket? Or why does a girl's makeup run but stays on your clothes when you wash it? Debates about Jeremy or Boris like deciding to be burnt or hung. A young musical prodigy cup overflows whilst announcing good singers die young. An art student isn't part of culture. He says it currently isn't his time. His mates sit bored taking selfies. Then they board to another tram line. The girls are talking Lee's festival. They're gonna let their hair down. But Glass the one to name check, but it's just too far a trek down south. 
So I jump off board at Market Street and I jib through the gardens to the station and the only conversations I experience is choice of particular libation because down at Piccadilly there's a moody side. You see Doggy Dog is prowling inside. He's knocking hard on Rapunzel's door. She retracts her hair from this dirty 54 and his sidekick Zebedee's on his toes and dilated and this fucking crank, he should be castrated. He said he's a party geezer from 80s rave as he clutches two peanuts in a rusty suitcase. There's Duracell Dave with a bag of swag. AAA service oozes from his bag. Crack pipe Carol, brown fall fill. They're shaking, they're rattling, they just run from the bill. Clayton Chris stinks of piss. Halt Town Hazel mops up jizz. Drawlston Donna, Larry and Gold on the shore. Andy compliments the painted toes. See, this is two tram lines with contrasting stories. A diverse theatre celebrates Manchester's glory. Three zone plays of beggars and believers. These are the yellow submarines of Manchester's new age script writers. So I enter the pier hat. This goes on forever if it wants to, you know. Keep going. I go in the pier hat, because it's a universe centre and it's even got a satellite moon called Atmar. Quirky vibes and cosy corners, alley rats, vinyls and basement dwellers. And this is about them. True story, it's what written on the fucking toilet walls, not what I'm telling about people. There's Dutton, he smells of cheese. There is Carlo C and next Tuesday, Andy paved the greatest door. Someone else loves Hitler's war. Lee's disgrace, Carlos a dog, Joey did nothing wrong. Poppy's a slag, Miles loves Emma, respect a woman, killer predator. I'm informed to live, laugh, love, and to put seeds in their skull. Then I'm told someone can't cook, there's another dirty bastard who's fucking a duck. They're supposed to get new metal back. For spare change, you can fill a loose crack. Anna, she's got smelly knickers, and who the fuck is George Richards? There's another geezer called Leg Puppy, anonymous loves a Manchester girlie. Street soldiers, they play hang man, then there's poison, someone drank, Matt licks gooch, Winnie saves lives, Chloe's got crabs, could all be lies, and then I hear about Rainey Miller and that Fleetwood Mac should be Prime Minister. There's another geezer called Fitzpatrick, he shagged three girls, he must have scored a hat-trick, Jasper Wills was getting clapped and I pissed my pants at the porcelain trap, so wear a hat, get ahead, two-storey glories where players are met, there are plastered posters, season's free, subliminal message at the toilet needs. Well this is the pair out in its glory, urinals, cubicles, they all tell stories, if anyone here feels left out, Head to the pissers right out loud. Thank you, Amley on the pig farmer, also Jack Horner. This might not make the editing cut. I'm plugging, I'm a two-piece called The Dirt with a Wife. I sell CDs and I sell books of poetry. You don't get that at a fucking music gig. Thank you very much for having me. Let's hear it, Lee on the pig farmer! It is Mankinia TV. We're broadcasting from off the square in Manchester. Leon, the pig farmer, is going to be with us for every single episode, bringing some of his poets uh, and some of his favourite people from Greater Manchester. Okay, the next person who likes to introduce our next guest on our first ever Mancunia TV is uh, one of the city's favourite artists. He's also one of the most respected people in the city. We're going to ask him to join us in, in a corner. Let's hear it, Manchester, for the one and only Justin Eagleton. <laughs> Take a seat. What do you think then? The new setup, Mancunia TV. It's good, isn't it? Hang on, switch yourself on. Great with a paintbrush, shit with a microphone. There you go. <laughs> They'll paint with this. How are you doing? You're all right. Good I'm to really, see you. I'm really good. Yeah, this how's things? It's been up. Last time we saw you uh, was obviously when we were broadcasting from Miles Platin and, you know, things were going really well and stuff like that. How have you been during the pandemic? Um, I, I don't like to say, but it's probably been my busiest I've ever been in my life. Um, I think because I couldn't leave the house a lot of the time. Um, I just got to the bottom of all my creative projects that I wanted to do. Uh, it's given me more opportunities to explore different adventures and 
Yeah, it's come really well. It's quite interesting because a lot of people who work in the music and creative and art world switched off during the pandemic, really. And, and I feel that a lot of people went one way or the other, you know, made the most of it like you did, you know, or kind of like, you know, took a step back. So what did you get up to then? What, what kind of stuff were you doing? Well, I think initially I did lots of art classes for people because I do lots of stuff with well-being and try to help people out, basically. So if I'm going through it, I think other people will be going through it. And so I use my art as an escape um, for my well-being. And I thought I'll offer free art classes. And we had 2,000 people a week. It, wow. was, it was mental. I had people in Gambia doing my art class. It was crazy, but rewarding. You know, you're just saying that it's interesting that you use art as an escape. With what was going on was something that none of us have ever been through, you know, the pandemic and stuff like that. Did you find that what you were, you know, the, the art you were doing changed at all? Um, possibly maybe got a bit darker here and there, but um, not really, to be honest. I, I mean, I did this Turing piece during uh, the pandemic and that sort of changed a lot of things because a lot of projects came off the back of one piece of artwork. And I still always do my portraits for whoever. Um, but yeah, this Turing piece had a lot of, uh, you know, it had a lot big knock on effect. You've brought quite a few pieces with you tonight. And uh, if it's possible, we'd like you to talk us through, through from, you know, that one to round to me. Talk us through the, the pieces you've brought. Uh, so obviously, this is Alan Turing. This is my tribute to Alan Turing, who lived in Manchester at the end of his life and died in Wilmslow. So he is sort of a, an adopted mank, and basically what's coming out of his head, other than all the mathematics and the genius, is Manchester. So I sort of did a Mancunian tribute. Off the back of that, I also did a, like a, a national, uh, a Bletchley Park version, because they asked me to do one that was all computerized, etc. But yeah, that, from that, a lot of things happened. My dad died just before the pandemic, so I, I did a, a self-portrait, which, I can't look at very much because it's sort of an emotional... That's amazing. Can emotional... we just show the camera that? That's... So it, that's me about two months after my dad died. Um, and I decided to paint a portrait for a national portrait exhibition. Didn't get accepted, but I will have that for life now. And I can see how sad I am in that picture. And it was almost like that was the bottom of my journey. Um, and everything since then is, uh, is going upwards. So it's sort of that marks a very important part in my life. Do, doing something like that, did that help you through it? Uh, it helped me through it massively because I, I, I probably spent more time painting myself than I've ever painted anybody else because it was such a hard thing to paint. You want to get the good side? Well, uh, yeah, I sort of got the good side. I did me, uh, I did me with my eyes shut. Uh, <laughs> no, somebody asked me to do a photo shoot just and literally a month and I couldn't let them down. I felt really bad and I was really broken and I, um, I went along and he took all these photos and when I look back on them now, I just look a state. So that was sort of what came out of it basically. That was the best I could bring out of it and it, again, it marks a big turning point for me. Absolutely, yeah. and then the pictures we've got behind us. Yes, yeah, so we got Marcus Rashford. I painted him during lockdown. Um, that's going to him in the next few months. Noel Gallagher I did just before. Um, and Noel Gallagher got his. Liam Gallagher will get his in the next few months. Is, uh, is it like, some, like Marcus and Liam aware of these yet? Yes, Mar this, this picture is the most viral piece of artwork I've ever created. Um, so again, crazy story, whether it's just the way I speak to people, I have no idea. But this Rashford thing I put on a couple of social media channels 
and I, um, I always record, I time-lapse a lot of my artwork so people can see the journey of the piece of artwork because um, it's very easy to fake painting now. Um, so, yeah, I put it on one of the social media channels, uh, got a message off United saying, can we use it for something? And I thought nothing of it. And then next morning, I got about 10 text messages as soon as I woke up off all my mates saying, you're out, it's on the Man United app. And I'd, so I had to Google how many people get the Man United app, and it's something insane across the world. When you pick someone like Marcus Rashford, is it because they're relevant and in the news, or is it because what he's done has inspired you as a person? I always paint something that gets me on a certain day. So I'm quite fortunate that I'm a full-time artist, so some days I was saying to Leon before, some days I don't want to do digital. Some days I'll wake up and be a bit broken and think, I'm just going to paint someone and I'll get whoever is in my heart at that minute. I painted Emma Raducanu, I've got no interest in tennis. But that moment last year when they won, she, she won the US Open, she was 18 and I was like, I just need to paint you. But as a result of that, I don't just paint them and park it, I need to see the journey through. So I will make sure that sometime this year, I've already been in contact with her people, so to speak, uh, I'll make sure Emma, Ra Emma Raducanu gets that painting. You know. Great, and so we've got Marcus, we've got Liam. Tell us about the picture in the middle. Um, so the picture in the middle is obviously at my Hacienda tribute. There's not been anything artistic come out of the Hacienda. I can't even begin to compare myself to Peter Saville, who was one of my heroes. But to be asked by Hooky um, to create something in tribute um, and to be sort of sat at Hooky's table in his house and just be going, I was almost like, you know, our body experience. So I've become quite good friends with him now. Um, but that, that was very well received. Um, and I had it printed on a sheet of aluminium and that's what this is as well. So it sort of brings that Mancunian urban edge to things. Raheem Sterling, I'm a United fan. I have no interest in City whatsoever. But again, during the Euros, he was amazing. And I literally was just urged to paint him. And that was it. You talk about a lot of your paintings that, you, you know, on your artwork, you send them to the likes of Liam and Marcus. And what about the rest of your artwork? There'll be a lot of people, you know, with us tonight, a lot of people watching this at home on Mancunia TV. What, what, does, what do you do with the rest of it? Is there anywhere where fans of your work can see it? Yeah, I have a website that's got lots of prints for sale and uh, things like that. But, yeah, generally I do lots of... I'm, I'm fortunate I do lots of contract stuff, so... I do a lot. I've got artwork in hotels all over the country, um, which is good and, and keeps me going. But yeah, you can get stuff via my website, via my social media. I'm so what is your website? What's the website address? Yeah, it's just justineagleton.com, so you can find me. And the other thing I've got on my uh, notes at the moment is you're doing 10 canvases at the moment uh, for a great cause, which is Maggie's. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so obviously I guess everybody in the room has been touched by cancer, uh, and my dad died of cancer, and a couple of family members so I do a lot of work for charity with what I what I do so I sell a lot of canvases and I work at charity auctions um, and that started with being in the city when I did the Hacienda Bee um, so yeah I'm doing 10 canvases for Maggie's they're gonna be auctioned at the Whitworth Art Gallery possibly if we can get that staged sometime in the summer um, and that'll take me over I'll have raised over 100,000 then for charity. I think it's brilliant what you do. It's not just that your artwork's inspirational. It's also the fact what you do with it and the people it helps and stuff. So, yeah, thank you from behalf of Manchester. Thank you very much. Before we let you go, 
Before we let you go, what does the future hold? Obviously, things are looking like they're going back to normal now. You know, what, what's the future for Justin Eagleton? Well, this piece of artwork, um, I can't tell too much about it, but this is going to appear on a massive building in the next few months. And we're making a documentary about just this piece of artwork. Um, so it's going to be a fully interactive, again, I can't tell you too much, but we're hoping to have a fully interactive piece of artwork within the city that tells you all about him, tells you about Manchester, and then there's a documentary that will run alongside that will talk about me and his story and his relationship with Manchester. Did you know what Sai now looking at that picture, the one thing I love about that is whether you're into what, you know, what he did as a person, whether you're into the TV, you know, theatre, artwork, or, or even, you know, the obvious ones, the Jackson Pollock, the music, there really is all of Manchester covered on that one piece of art. Yeah, I think that I do that quite a lot with a lot of my work. I like people to not just go, oh, there's Alan Turing. I like people to go up to it and then discover stuff that, you know, there's the bus that I used to go to Bellevue on. So a lot of it is my story, because I'm quite old, but it, it's also got lots of links that are in this one especially. It's like my Printworks mural that Clint helped me unveil. Uh, a couple of years ago. If you see that, it's got everything in it. There's, there's something for every Mancunian on that picture that they can relate to or they're a fan of. Yeah, I like to think so. There's sometimes a bit of contention if I put a United player and a City player because people say I won't buy it because it's got Eric Cantona on or something. So I, I sometimes have to slightly filter the odd one. But yeah, it's uh, a lot of my artwork is very Mancunian based and that's because you know I love the city and I love the people. So it's about helping me to help the city, that's that's my big thing. And we love you. Thank you so much for bringing your artwork tonight. Uh, just once again, for the people at home, remind us of your website. Uh, JustinEagleton.com, and I'm Justin Eagleton on every social channel, pretty much. Thank you so much for joining us on the first episode of Mancunia TV. Keep in touch, yeah? Justin Eagleton, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So it is Mancunia TV, our first ever episode. We're off the square in Manchester and it is time for our first band of the brand new Mancunian rock and roll TV. And our first band is the one and only M60. Matt, how are you doing, man? I'm good, how are you? How does it feel to be the first ever live rock and roll band on the brand new Mancunia TV? I mean, you may as well just call us Oasis now, aren't you? Might as well, yeah, get on with <laughs> it. Yeah. I'll tell you what we'll do, we'll have a chat with you in a little bit, yeah? yeah, yeah. Uh, but let's have it, our first ever band on our brand new Mancunia TV. Manchester, off the square, will you please make some noise for the brilliant M60! Bye, bye. 
track was called I Don't Mind. Uh, we're M60. Big love to Monkey Union for having us on here. It's great to be on part of the first episode. Could be something massive. Could be mint. Uh, this next track is called What Do You Want? If anyone wants to check that out, what do you want on Spotify? M60, of course. Uh, this next track, this one's going to be our next release. It's coming in about a month or so.
Thank you very much. We've got one last track. Big up to Mancunia for having us on today. Big love seeing all the guests. Uh, this next track is called Tell Me Why. Thank you, everyone. Mm. 
So there we go, Manchester, let's hear it. Our first ever band on Mancunia TV, M60. Okay, so we are live off the square in Manchester. We're going to be doing this every single month. Manchester's best rock and roll, arts and creative TV channel. Brought to you in Manchester by people from Manchester for you lot in Manchester. Now, our next guest is a man who needs no introduction whatsoever. He's a Manchester broadcaster. He's a Manchester DJ. He's a Manchester musician. He's a Manchester icon. He's also probably the busiest man and also one of the most respected men in the musical scene city that is Manchester. Manchester, will you please make some noise for the one and only Clint Bean. Yeah, good to see you. Take a seat, Clint. Switch it on. 200 years he's been doing this job and he can't put his... There you go. There you go. How's it going, mate? These fucking radio mics. Who invented radio mics? What was wrong with the fucking lead? That, you know what I mean? It's like magic now, isn't it? It's like, you know what I yeah. mean? No, it's great How's to be here. This is a great venue, isn't it? It's my yeah. first, first time in here. Um, Off the square, Manchester. Yeah. Beautiful. It's great, isn't it? So last time we seen you was, you know, at the, the channel that was before this MMTV. The previous, the previous, the previous TV channel. channel. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, don't you? Back in Miles yeah, Platin. I'll tell you what, you worked and lived and breathed music all your life and then all of a sudden for two years this mad pandemic's happened that nobody expected. Anyone who works in music or entertainment has changed our life. A lot of people didn't know what to do. You kept really busy doing totally, I won't say different things what you do, but perhaps what you do less, you did a lot more. You mean like being a rent boy? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah I, didn't, I didn't know whether everyone knew that or not. <laughs> All I did, I did what I had to do because uh, I've got a lot of kids, a lot of bills to pay. Um, and we went into it March 2020, wasn't it? March 2020, yeah. And it was like all the DJ work went out of my diary for the next 16 months. And that was like most of my income. So I had a choice of either sitting around licking my wounds and slagging the government off or just getting stuck in and keeping the money coming in. So I did that, just got busy at home and started doing online DJ gigs. Me and my wife, Charlie, did 71 weeks of live stream DJ sets from our own studio. They um, ended up quite wild. There were people all over the UK and further afield having house parties to you, yeah. sat pissed up at home. We were, we were pissed up as well. That's what I mean. Up. It was like every Friday night for 71 consecutive weeks we did it. And it was, uh, people were getting in touch on Twitter with the re requests and that. And me and my wife were just having the best time ever. So that was one thing that we did that brought a bit of extra dosh You were getting in. thousands of people watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it wasn't a visual, it was just audio. But it worked really well. And uh, I started selling, I started doing pictures of cows, you know, the Inspiral Carpets cow logo. Started selling that, you know, the same cow, but fucking drawn 17,000 times. Uh, just and, and started making new music again. And I started getting the music out on a thing called Patreon, which is like this, well, it's an app, I suppose, isn't it? But people subscribe to your, your fan base, pays a few quid a month in exchange for new music and uh, content, as they call it. So that was great, because for the first time in years, I had the time uh, and a reason to make new music and get it out there again. So that was the best thing that happened to me during the uh, pandemic. 
I want to talk more about new music and stuff like that in a minute, but you just mentioned you were doing a lot of artwork and stuff like that. Before we move on to, you know, the pandemic ending, can people still get hold of any of your artwork and stuff like that? Uh, I've paused it all because I'm, I'm a busy DJ again now, <laughs> so, so I've had to pause everything. But, it's, it, it, you know, it's one of my, my, my favourite, one of my most memorable times in my adult life was that, what we've just been through, because... Through necessity, I got back into doing things that I would not have been doing otherwise. I would have carried on DJing, you know, five times every weekend and six times on the radio every week. So it brought me away from that. It, it was a bit of a shock at, at the beginning, but it gave me, um, gave me a reason to do all this stuff. Because, like I said, I've got a family to support, so I had to, through necessity, keep that money coming in, you know what I mean? So, like you say, 16 months on, I think it was July... Uh, last year, things did start going back to normal. Gigs started coming back in again. You went from having this mad life of partying to 16 months doing stuff at home. How did it feel getting back into DJing, you know, going straight back out again? Up until July of uh, 2021, like the last few weeks, because there was times through the pandemic where you're thinking like, God, I'm, I'm going to be home for at least another eight weeks here, at least another two months or whatever. It's fucking brilliant. Because I was loving being at home. I was loving being with my... my wife and my kids um, you know we're fortunate that our our lockdown home was quite big you know we've got a big garden and all that so we weren't tripping over each other um, and we've been homeschooling for like 10 years anyway so nothing changed in that respect it's just that daddy was home a lot more than he used to be but coming towards the end of it coming up to July of uh, 2021 when you know the DJ bookings were back in the diary gigs that had been rescheduled and the radio station was saying we'd like you back in the studio at some point soon and I didn't want to come out. I was like fucking convinced. I was like, no, my future is at home in my studio. Was, was like, you a bit worried the fact that, you know, like I know me, I was similar as well. Like a year and a half of being at home, going to bed at a normal time. Were you a bit concerned that someone like yourself, who's busy as anything, you'd go back out straight at it and be totally knackered? Yeah, I, uh, I, I didn't realise that the... I was thinking that it'd take me months to get my energy levels back, which it happened the first night I was out. You know, it's just... I just hit the ground running at the end of July. Uh, the same week that I started broadcasting from the XS Manchester studios in Spinning Fields. I've been working, I've been broadcasting from home for 16 months. So the first week when I had to go back in the radio studio was the first week I was back in the clubs. And I was dreading it. I was absolutely just didn't want to go out. I was in a real dark place, it turned out. But I loved it and I've loved it ever since. And it's like, you know, even today I've been running around town like a knobhead, you know, getting the, off the train and straight to the radio and then back here. But I'm loving being out amongst people. I think one thing, one massive positive for me of the pandemic and the lockdowns has been I really appreciate being amongst, you know, people again and, and seeing people dance and seeing people... We, we were time. talking before saying, like, all oh, the nightclubs and stuff, there's all of a sudden a lot more, like, loving the room, isn't there? And people appreciate it more and stuff like that. Uh, so one of the things I want to mention, you just mentioned about going straight back at it. The pandemic ended on the Monday, I think, and then on the Saturday, uh, both me and you and MC Tunes, we were all at one of the biggest festivals taking place in the country. Six days after the lockdown ended, me, you, um, MC Tunes, a lot of bands, we were at Spike Island with the best part of 20,000 people. It was quite mad after having a year and a half at home yeah. looking at that crowd. It's incredible, wasn't it? Yeah. It's just... Uh... Surreal. I mean, the whole event, I mean, the, the Clone Roses, um, the frontman Gav is a promoter, uh, and collectively they came up with this idea three or four years ago to celebrate the anniversary of the Stone Roses at Spike Island with a massive tribute band event that would be headlined by the Clone Roses. So the whole idea of it from the conception 
was fucking brilliant. But then the fact that it was one of the first big events in the UK, yeah, in the UK, after the end of the, the you know, all that dark stuff we've been through, it was incredible, wasn't it? And I it was, remember... It was, just, it was flawless. The whole event was flawless. I remember being stood backstage. It was me, you, I think Bez were there and Tunes were there. And we were talking. It was early on in the day and we were saying, like, there's going to be 20,000 people here and six days after the lockdown ended. Is everyone going to be well up for it? Or are they going to be a bit reserved and keeping the distance? But everyone just went absolutely. From the minute the gates opened, everyone went mad for it. It was like if, if you made, um, if you made a, 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 a dramatisation of the, the old lockdown and the, the fairy tale ending to it was the Spike Island resurrection event. It's incredible, wasn't it? Couldn't have been better. Really, really good. So we did Spike Island. The lockdown, you know, ended. Gigs came back to normal. You're back in the studio at Excess. Uh, and obviously we're in, you know, best part of March 2022 now. You've got a new night starting. I think it's just started at Lion's Den. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, Boone Army Live, it's basically four upcoming acts uh, every month. Um, the way we're selecting the bands, it's basically if a band wants a gig, we're letting them do it just to give the next generation the chance to get on a stage and play to the mates. So in terms of a, like a filtering process, there isn't one. It's like, if you want to play, let's get you on it. You know, as long as you can plug your guitar in and you know, say a few words and that. So the first event was uh, a few weeks ago. Uh, and the second one is this week. Um, it's called Boon Army Live. It, it's free at the moment. We might start charging a, a door price sooner or later. But the bands get paid. We, get, we make sure everybody gets paid. If any know. bands are watching this and thinking, God, I want to do that, Lions Den, Clint Boone, how do they get involved? Probably just get me on Twitter, at The Real Boone, and I'll tell you what to do. Yeah? Isn't that great, though? Because it's like, for years and years, it's like a, a lot of bands have been up, you know, the, the pay-to-play thing, which... Yeah, you can play at our venue, but you need to sell 50 tickets. And at the end of the night, it takes the fun out of the gig. You've got to go and see the owner or the promoter. And we only sold 18 tickets where well, you can have fuck all then because, you know what I'm saying? So it takes all that out a bit. The bands are getting, I mean, we're only two, two events in, but everybody's getting 50 quid at the end of the gig. So I think it's great that as well, the fact that, you know, it's not a case of how many people can they bring. It's just getting bands out there and stuff like that. Really, really good. Uh, so you've got the Lions Den. And another thing I want to talk to you about, because I know we've spoken a lot about this over the last couple of years, is you're well back in, which is dead exciting, making new music. Yeah, I love it. I mean, that's what I am. I'm essentially, I'm a musician. That's, I, you know, I, I was a full-time musician until radio got in the way and club DJing, you know, took me away from it a little bit. So, yeah, the pandemic has got me back into making new music and getting out there, um, which has been brilliant. And then I did this little collaboration. I'm working on a thing at the moment with a band called Fuzzy Sun. Stockport band. Great Stockport band, yeah. Band, yeah. Uh, and basically, it's a, there's an album being put together. And it's a tribute to Strawberry Recording Studios. So it's a load of bands that have got a Stockport connection celebrating the music that was recorded at Strawberry. So I live in Stockport. I recorded at Strawberry. Fuzzy Sun are based in Stockport. And we've done a collaboration of a, a massive song, one of the biggest songs ever from back in the 1970s. And not a lot of people know it was recorded at Strawberry, but it's uh, Neil Siddhartha's Solitaire, 1972, he recorded it. He recorded a full album in uh, Strawberry Studios. So me and Fuzzy Son have done this collaboration. I'm just singing on it, I'm not playing keyboards. I never wanted to be a keyboard player. That was accidental, that. I always wanted to just be a singer, so I like the idea that this band have done all the hard work. They put this amazing track together. Um, I give them a bit of a, a, a guide on let's make it dark, let's make it discordant. And I've just sung on it and it's like, 
It sounds brilliant. So when's this going to be available? I think within the next two or three months, the album will be out. And there's like a, a lot of great names. I think Blossoms are doing something on it. They're, they're potentially doing uh, I'm Not In Love 10cc. So you get the idea. It's, it's like a great project, isn't it? It's just a big celebration of Strawberry Studios uh, back uh, history. You know? Do you know one of the things I love about Stockport is as you're driving into Stockport, there's a big sign that says, Welcome to Stockport, Alma Blossoms. I reckon every town should have that. Not I'm Blossoms, but whoever's from there, you know what I'm, I mean? I'm working on that. that. That needs to say Alma Clint Boone. I've been there 20 years now. <laughs> They're not put a fucking sign up for me yet, have they? <laughs> so if someone's got a marker or a pot of paint on the way home in a bit, yeah, we'll sort that. I'm sure someone can do that. So it's dead exciting. You've got that coming up as well. New music. You've got this with Fuzzy Sun, stuff like that. Nobody needs to, you know, we don't need to tell anybody how busy you are with the radio, with the DJ, new music, family life, stuff like that. What does the future hold for Clint Boone? Uh, fuck knows. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, 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 I've got my, my stuff that I do. There's projects that I'm working on that people don't know about. Yeah, I've been working on a film project for 10 years, more than 10 years now, and it's a musical and it's called Bickershaw. It's about the Bickershaw Music Festival, which was also in 1972. So I've written 15 songs for this. Um, we're still developing the script. It's a massive part of my life for the last 11 years or so. Um, I'm hoping that that'll get commissioned this year and we can start making it. I'm playing the lead part in it as well. So I've got to fucking dance and all that and lose a bit of the wine belly. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, that's, that, that is one little thing on the back burner that could change my life. and become, you know, what I do for the next few years. Exciting times. You've got film, new music, club DJ, new night at Lion's Den. Guinea uh, pigs, guinea pigs. Guinea pigs. You've got guinea pigs now, yeah? Well, we've got two guinea pigs. We've got a load of animals in our house. Our kids are like, oh, I want a dog, I want a lizard, I want a fucking goldfish. And then it's me that ends up every day looking after I, And I do need to ask, what are your guinea pigs called? Uh, Jack and Gizmo. Jack and... What? Beautiful. <laughs> but they, in fact, you know what, they'll be at home now thinking... Where's our dad? Where's our tea? Seriously, nobody will be walking around like that as well. Like, yeah, they do. Yeah, yeah. But they, they like, what I'm saying is I've got, I've got all this exciting stuff that I do in my life, but a lot of it revolves around looking after these animals like twice a day, my little rabbits and everything. I'm looking at you there with total fondness about your animals, you know what I mean? Great, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's dead exciting. <laughs> at least they don't chat back like my kids do. My kids, we sat there the other night having our, our tea, and our Hector, who's 15, We've got three boys. We've got Cassius, 11, Hector, 15, Oscar, 17. And Hector's there. We're all chatting, like, just eating away. And he's, he's going, oh, God, he's doing this, like, funny noise with his mouth. I'm like, and they're all laughing at him. And I'm like, what, what is it? I don't get it. What is it? And Charlie, my wife, says, he's imitating you. He's taking the piss out of you because how you talk and how you act. And I'm like, the fucking guinea pigs don't treat me like that. <laughs> They don't laugh at me. They just sit like, where's our food? Can't wait to get home to them, can you? The guinea pigs, not the kids. <laughs> I've got a message for you. I heard from my wife, right? From Charlie. She sent me this message about half an hour ago. Seriously. Uh, tell Sweetmore I want to be in the octub with my husband. Really? Not, yeah, me and not you. Oh, right. So I was going to say, right, we'll set off then. Got a show right. to finish. I better get off in a minute. So he's off to his guinea pigs and he's off to with Charlie. Uh, brilliant, really good. It's New Night at Lions Den. Uh, you're back on Excess doing the drive time show. Yeah, brilliant. It's really good. I'm enjoying Excess. I'm enjoying the DJ work. And life's good, isn't it? You've just got to count your blessings, haven't you? You know what I'm saying? We're still breathing, aren't we? We're all still breathing, as the Donnellys say. Uh, still breathing. 
Thank you for everything you do for Manchester Music. Mancunian CV, Clint Boone. Now, before we let you go, Clint, before we let you go, we were talking a lot about new music and stuff. Uh, can we have Matt and Sam from M60 over? Let's have a chat with uh, Matt and Sam. Let's hear it, Matt and Sam from M60, who performed early for us. Our first ever live band on Mancunia TV. Take a seat, lads. There's one more mic here, you might have to share it between you. Oh, we'll share that, it's all right. Like Lennon and McCartney. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Matt, tell us a little bit about the band. Uh, well, classic indie rock, mank indie rock, innit? Um, it's just that's it. We want to make, we want to fill stadiums, we want to make stadium songs, we want to make catchy songs, we want to make songs you're just going to dance around your bedroom to, dance around your living room to. I just want to make songs that people of Manchester, people of everyone around the world can relate to. I know you're in your seventh year as a band now. Uh, Sam, tell us about the influences. Um, in Spiral Carpets. Yeah, that's yeah. a big one. Yeah, you know, you know that's what they all say. That's what they all say. <laughs> I mean, uh, the one everyone always brings up is Catfish. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we can ignore that, but we've, we've all sort of got very different influences as well, which is sort of helps us get, a, hopefully, a more interesting sound going. I know you've kept quite busy. You've got a lot of gigs coming up, haven't you? You're busy with a tour and stuff like that. Did you manage to write much new material during lockdown? Um, well, kind of, yes and no. It's a bit, we've got, there's a great app we use called BandLab and it's like, one of us come up with an idea, you drop it on there, everyone have their take on it. Sometimes, oh yeah, that's shit, Matt, don't put that in there again. Sometimes it's like, yeah, that's mint, we'll work on it. But, because we couldn't get together for so long, like, I feel like we can't write tracks unless we're together because, a lot of it is in there while you're doing it, being like, yeah, that sounds mint, that sounds shit. Like, you know what, Clint, if you look back to the early days in the Inspirals, you were busy as anything. If all of a sudden you'd had to have a year and away, you know, a, a year and a half away from the rest of the lads, how would that have affected you as a band? Uh, I can't imagine it. I can't imagine what millions and millions of young people like who've had the like, college interrupted and, uh, you know, it's fucking heartbreaking, isn't it? I mean, I was fortunate that where I was in life and the pandemic happened but I've seen a whole generation of people that would have been out at South Nightclub two years ago and they're only just able to get into South Nightclub now so uh, but yeah to answer your question I, I would have struggled you know it's like if we had an intense bond the Inspirals back then and it was in the days of you know fanzines and cassette tapes and it was all about being together every day and getting into Manchester and knocking on doors and so yeah the idea of being um, you know taken away from all that for 16 months is, uh, you know. Did you lads keep in touch through it, Matt? Uh, yeah, we did, but it was, we did, we tried to do as much as we could. We did like, you know, lockdown quizzes, got together on a two hour call just to keep in touch with each other. But there's only, there's only so much you can do. It's like when you, you spend every week going to see each other, writing music, playing shows, ramping up to be recording, releasing singles, and then it's all on hold. It's like, we did a show uh, here actually, just before lockdown, and it was a big show for us. We, we sold it out and it was like massive. Like, we'd never really done did, that did before. Did it sell out, yeah? Well, yeah. Was it because I kept yeah, mentioning it's it on the radio? Gig guy, yeah, it was, wasn't it? It's that gig guy that's doing M6 us at Wonders. M6 from Wizard Show, yeah. doing a gig tonight, off the square. Yeah, but, yeah. but it was on, on the back of that, and then we'd booked a tour for that December, uh, COVID it, and then that got pushed back a year and a half come out of lockdown and it was, well, we were all in a bit of a slump really because we were like, 
I've noticed on your socials and that you're really busy. You've got loads of gigs and yeah. that coming up. Uh, what's the plans for the rest of the year? And other than the gigs, any chance of new music? Or uh, well, yeah, we've got um, one of the tracks we played there called Midnight Paradise. That's coming out in about a month. <laughs> Yeah, the 18th. You know, when is, you is just it. said Midnight Paradise, I just heard loads of people in the audience, they're going, tune, tune. Yeah, yeah, tune, no. Tune, but then um, we've just uh, recorded another one because we want to be ahead, um, set for release in summer, and hopefully it'll be a summer banger. Clint's going to play it on his show. He's already yeah, told yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're here. <laughs> yeah, but hey, no. Well, listen, lads, we wish you all the best for the future. Uh, it's great that you managed to keep busy and going and that during lockdown, and good luck with it, so, yeah? Oh, Let's hear it first of all for M60. And then we need to let him get home to his gerbils and his hot tub and his wife, Clint Boone. Hey. Nice one, thank you. Guinea pigs, not gerbils, guinea pigs. Sorry. <laughs>